Good morning, church family. We're so happy that you're with us this morning. Sunday mornings, I think, are so much fun. I hope that all of you here are part of a Sunday school because that's one of my favorite parts of Sunday mornings before we get to come worship together. Um, if you don't have a Sunday school or if you're a member and maybe you haven't connected, please meet with us after so that we can connect you with a Sunday school that you could be a part of. Um, I love this church time every Sunday because it feels like we're getting together like a family to me. And we get to check in with each other and worship our Lord together. And if you're a visitor, I'm so thankful you're here. There is a kiosk, a tablet out there if you could sign in and let us get your information. Um, just a little announcement, but a big one. A reminder, if you opened your bulletin and saw the prayer, um, I don't have one, the prayer thing for missions, this is about Lottie Moon. And we've been saying the Lottie Moon offering is now in the week of prayer but just a reminder, it's in your bulletin. Lottie Moon was a Southern Baptist missionary. She went to China from 1873 to 1912. She saw the need for missions in China, and she wrote to the American churches for support. This became known later as the Lottie Moon Christmas Offering, and it helps missionaries in other countries. They need your support financially and through your prayers. These missionaries are just like you and I. Except their calling is different, and they take their calling to the mission field and all over the world in many parts where they're unwelcomed and unloved at times. So please consider giving this Christmas to the Lottie Moon offering. A hundred percent of what you give to that goes directly to these missionaries. I've met some of these missionaries over the years and spoken with them, and they are in constant need, but truly grateful for all that you give. So it's December. A month filled with celebration, joy, full calendars, or maybe empty calendars, maybe extra free time. It gets dark early. This weekend, the church was busy getting ready for the live nativity, but also mourning the loss of Bill Geddes on Friday, but also celebrating that he's now with our Lord. I'm sure, like my family, some of you are already going to Christmas events and celebrations, so today we're focusing on the joy that comes with Christ. Joy is sometimes confused with happiness. Happiness is often associated with self. Are you happy? Does this make you happy? Sometimes I like to remind my kids, I don't really care if you're happy. I really only care that you're holy. And joy is the result of holiness. True joy can come only through Christ, experiencing him, knowing him, and trusting him. Joy comes during all times, good and bad, because God's love and his spiritual blessings are in every moment of our lives. Satan wants to use life's trials to bring out the worst in us, but God wants them to bring the best in us. He is in control, and he has a purpose for everything. He expects our joy to come out in every situation, no matter what. And in 1 Peter 1 Verses 8 through 9, it says, Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith and the salvation of your souls. As Noah and Debbie come to light our Advent candles, I would like for you to use this time to pray joy into your lives. Last week, I challenged you to see love pouring out of scriptures from God as you read. So this week, your challenge 
is to look back at your life or where you are right now and see where you can exchange maybe feelings of guilt or unforgiveness or joy, um, hurt, loss, or other challenging things that you're dealing with and exchange those things for joy. Knowing that our God, master of the universe, is bigger than our problems, he is in full control and he wants the best for us and through us. Pour out joy in moments this week that you normally do not. In situations that usually bring forth different emotions, show the people around you joy that only can come from the Lord. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Father in heaven, we rejoice with you today in your creation, in the members and the visitors and the people here. We thank you for all that you have blessed us with. We thank you for those that you've given us that are there in our times of need. You have thought of everything and given us everything we can need, and that is all through you. I thank you for the joy that comes from you, that we know and learn and love from your scriptures, from everything you do for us. We give you praise for all things. I pray over this time of music and worship that you humble us and that you calm our thoughts, Lord, that we can focus on what you're saying to us, what you have spoken and what you are wanting to tell us, that all of our thoughts go to the side and that we focus on your spirit your powerful spirit, Lord. As we prepare to celebrate this season for the gift of God the Son coming to earth, we just pray that you will direct us in your path. As we talk about missionaries and all these people that are called to do things, we are all called. And I pray that you show us our paths to take through worship, through friends, through scripture, through Pastor Russ, and let us hear and go out and change and be the light. And it is in your holy name, Lord, we pray. Amen. How great the chasm that lay between us. How high the mountain I could not climb. In desperation, I turned to heaven and spoke your name into the night. And then through the darkness, your loving kindness tore through the shadows of my soul. The work is finished, the end is written, Jesus Christ, my living hope. And hallelujah, praise the one who set me free, hallelujah. 
death has lost its grip on me you have broken every chain there's salvation in your name jesus christ my living hope who could imagine so great a mercy what heart could fathom such boundless grace the rock of ages step down from glory to wear my sin and bear my shame the cross has spoken i am forgiven the king of kings calls me his own beautiful savior i'm yours forever jesus christ my living hope and hallelujah praise the one who set me free hallelujah death has lost its grip on me you have broken every chain there's salvation in your name Jesus Christ, my living hope. Then came the morning that sealed the promise. Your buried body began to breathe. And out of the silence, the roaring lion declare the grave has no claim on me then came the morning that sealed the promise your very body began to break and out of the silence the roaring lion declared the grave has no salvation in your name Jesus Christ my living hope and hallelujah praise the one who set me free hallelujah death has lost its grip on me you have broken every chain there's salvation in your name Jesus Christ my living
I'm aware of everything that's wrong with me. Cause still you accept me anyway. And I live with the past I can't get past and it still haunts me. So I'm asking for the courage to make a change. By your grace, I have hope. You've already paid every debt I owe. So please take my chains and make me see. By your grace, I've been set free. Teach me, Lord, to seek you day by day. Let only you define just where I stand. Let me not take for granted all the depths in your forgiveness. Cause the only way I'm gonna be a better man is by your grace I have hope. Already paid every debt I owe. So please take my chains and make me see that by your grace I've been set free. I've got a long way to go, but Lord, I know there's not a step I'm gonna take. You're not with me. Oh, I've got a long way to go. But Lord, I know there's not a step I'm gonna take when you're not with me. Oh, I've got a long way to go. Oh, but Lord, I know there's not a step I'm gonna take when you're not with me. I know you're with me, and by your grace I have hope. You've already paid every debt I owe. So please take my chains and make me see. And by your grace I've been set free. By your Amen. What a beautiful day it is to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. And to worship our risen Lord and Savior. What a blessing it is to be able to do that. We're going to be in Isaiah again today, Isaiah chapter 9. If you want to turn your Bibles over to there, uh, we'll be there uh, just shortly. Uh, but last week we started a journey with the prophet Isaiah, discovering the, the meanings of the names of the Messiah as he listed them in, in Isaiah chapter 9, verses 1 through 7, verse 6 in particular. 
And Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Isaiah calls the Messiah Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Last week we, we, we looked at, at how the phrase Wonderful Counselor has been broken down as Wonderful and Counselor or just one as Wonderful Counselor. But in essence to say it was about being a miraculous uh, Counselor, being a, the, the God of, of miracles and wonder. And he was filled with wonder. But to be a wonderful counselor without power to act on that counsel is meaningless. Uh, and to have power without the good counsel is abusive. And so that brings us to the term today that he talks about, the, the term Isaiah titled this little child as mighty God. We want to look at that phrase this morning, mighty God. But do you see a problem with this, a baby being called mighty, a baby being called mighty God. In this passage, God is telling the people that one day a child is going to come, a baby, a baby, the most vulnerable of all humans, one that can't feed himself, he can't clothe himself, he certainly can't defend himself, can he? But he will completely and he will completely be dependent on other people. But yet this baby will be mighty God. <laughs> he'll have limitless power. He'll, he'll change the world. Exactly what kind of power does this mighty God this, that Isaiah describes here, what kind of power will he have? Well, the phrase mighty God comes from the Greek word El Gabor. And El is a short word or a, a short form of Elohim, which is the most common name used for God in the Old Testament. So you got El or Elohim, God, and Gabor means strong or powerful. It means a champion or a hero or the mighty one. And so you've got the mighty God. For example, the soldiers in Israel were described as mighty men of valor or Gabor men of valor. The giant Goliath, he was called a champion. King David's top soldiers were known as mighty men. And the Lord is described in Psalm 24 verse 8 as strong and mighty and mighty in battle. He's a hero in battle. He's a champion in battle. He's powerful in battle. He's strong in battle. He's the mighty one in battle. Mighty God. Jesus is the powerful warrior. In Zephaniah 3.17, says, The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. Jeremiah 20, verse 10 and 11 says, The Lord is with me like a mighty warrior. 
The Lord is with me like a mighty warrior. But the little baby that was placed in the Bethlehem manger was this mighty God. Think about it though. The, the tiny hands were the hands that, that formed the galaxies, that set the stars in place, that rises the sun in the, in the morning and sets it at night. Mighty God, the, the Jewish carpenter that, that crafted the tables and the doors, he also fashioned the world together and knit humans into humanity. Those delicate feet of the little baby, they were the same ones that would walk on water. The baby that rode a donkey into Bethlehem in his mother's womb is the conquering king. He will return one day. One day he will ride the white horse in and bring judgment on the world. That's the mighty God. His tiny hands. We got a bunch of babies at our house in our life. The twins are a little over a year. The uh, Briar's just several months old. We were looking at her hands last night. And look how beautiful their, their hands are. You think about the hands of a baby, how delicate and soft. And, but the hands of this baby, the hands of Jesus, the, the baby Jesus, they were made for the large Roman nails. His little feet. You know, you put the little ink stamps on the paper that says this. Those little feet of Jesus, they were made to make that rugged trek up to Golgotha. His little head, you know, they got the little soft spot in the top. A little bit of hair, most of them. But this little baby, his head was made to wear the crown of thorns. The sweet little baby that was wrapped in swaddling clothes was made to have a pierce decide to be pierced by the soldiers. You see, this little baby that was born, he was born to die for me and you. He was given. He was born. And he died for our sins and for our salvation. Scripture says, to us a child is born. That's the incarnation of God Himself being wrapped in flesh and, 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 and being born in this world. But it also says, to us a child is given. That's the crucifixion who's given His life over for us so that we could have the hope of eternity, so that we could have everlasting life because He paid the price for our sin and our sinfulness. 
For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son. Colossians chapter 1 verse 16 and 17 says, For in Him all things were created. In Christ all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through Him and for Him. Everything. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 22 says, You are saved by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You see, the coming of, of the, the, the Christ child at Christmas is one thing. But he would just been another person, another birth. If it had not been for Easter, had he not died and raised from the dead, been raised from the dead again. Folks, we serve a living God. He is alive today. Amen. And praise God for that. He says, You're saved by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is, God, is at God's right hand with angels, authorities, and power in His submission, in submission to Him. Folks, He doesn't just have authority here on earth. He has authority in all of the heavens as well. In Matthew 28, verse 18, it says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Folks, that means everything. All means all, all the time. And so all authority in heaven on earth is under the rule of Jesus. Amen. He has supreme power and authority over everything. He showed His power in, in unmistakable ways. For those in the temple, He was wisdom and knowledge. For those in the storm, He was peace. For the woman at the well, he was the water of life. To the lepers, he was their healer. To Zacchaeus, he was a new lease on life. To the woman caught in adultery, he was new life. To the demon possessed, he was the chain breaker that set him free. He is a mighty God who came to give you and I strength today. To me and you, He's the Savior that came to take away our sin, to set us free, and to give us eternal life. He is our rock and our refuge. He is our comforter and our encourager. And so regardless of how dark your night might be, He's the light. Regardless of what you're going through, regardless of how dark you may think it looked, looks beyond your eyes. He is your light. Regardless of how lost or how desperate, and no matter how lost you may feel or how desperate you may feel, He is the way maker. Amen? He will make a way. He is the God who is mighty to save. He is our God. That baby Jesus. A mighty God has come to show us that He has no limitations. Our lives are, are filled with limitations and setbacks and, and distractions. There's boundaries all around us. Medically speaking, you get the news, there's nothing more we can do. 
financially speaking, they, they, they say you can't do that. Your dreams can't come true because you don't have the resources. Folks, let me tell you today that our God is a mighty God that's not bound by time or space or hearts or money or obstacles, finances, government or anything. We serve a mighty God, amen? And His power is our power. Folks, a mighty God is, is not held or contained by the rules of this world. Let me use Bill Geddes as an example. He wanted to be here today. Uh, he really did. Uh, I had planned on him to be here today, matter of fact. Um, we, we had talked, and, and he was wanting to come. He was planning to come, and he, he wanted to come to share his heart with me. But God had different plans. God's plans always prevail. But he had wanted to come several times before. And it just didn't work out. You see, he wanted to come and tell you in person. That was a real burden for him. He, he, he wanted to come. I said, Bill, I said, we can do a, you know, a, a, a face, live FaceTime or video it and play it or do a FaceTime on Sunday morning or whatever. He said, no, I want to come in person. He said, I... I want to come and I want to tell the church that I love them. He said, I want to tell the church how grateful I am for their prayers and concern and the ministry they've had for me and Linda over the years as I've battled with the heart disease year in and year out. He said, finally, I want to come to ask the church to take care of Linda when I'm gone. And that was a real burden for him. And he was set on getting here. But God had different plans. You see, Bill experienced the mighty God that we're talking about this morning. The doctors told him he would only have a, a few days when he went back home from the hospital. If you recall, he, 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 the time before his last time in the hospital, he, he went to urgent care, emergency room, and he was in the hospital for a week or so, and he came back, and just within a couple of days, he had to go back to the hospital. And they put him on all kind of medication and said, you've had a good run, but you need to get things in order. Basically saying he only had a few days left based on his previous history and, and what had happened just a week before. He said, you probably only have a few days left. After several weeks being at home, and not just a couple of days, the hospice nurse told him, says, you're on God's time now, not the doctor. You see, God honored that prayer for Bill, that he could come home, that he could spend time with his family, that he could get a few things in order and take care of some things that he desperately wanted to take care of. And he, 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 he rushed around for a couple days trying to get everything done and, 
and I would call him several days later, Bill, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing fine. Call him the next week. How you doing, Bill? I'm doing fine. <laughs> you see, the doctors gave him a few days. But his mighty God gave him 41 days. Praise God. Folks, our, our mighty God takes the impossible and makes it possible. He reverses the irreversible. He fixes the unfixable. He beats the unbeatable. He saves the unsavable. He heals the un, unhealable. He changes the unchangeable. He is a mighty God. Amen. Praise the Lord for that. Death couldn't hold him. The grave couldn't contain him because he is a mighty God, the mighty God that we serve today. Folks, if you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior, do you really want to live life unfulfilled and unhappy? Are you really wanting to face your eternal judgment and separation from God in hell for all of eternity? If not, choose the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, for He is the answer. He is the only answer, and He is the only way. I heard somebody ask a theologian this morning, he said, he said, what if all these other religions, if they really have faith in their God, if they really have faith in, in what they believe in, are they going to heaven? It doesn't matter how good a Muslim you are, or Hindu, or Catholic, or whatever it might be. If your faith is not in the Lord Jesus Christ, you are not going to heaven. And it is by His grace, not by our works, that we're going to heaven. Everybody else will be separated for all of eternity. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through Him, He said. And folks, knowing and and believing in His power and His authority should, should bring joy to our hearts, knowing that. For He is able to accomplish everything in His Word, everything that He ever promised through His Word, He is able to fulfill. Amen? The most important thing that He ever promised to us is that He can deliver eternal life. And because of that, we have the living hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. And not only does He promise that and He gives it to us, nothing or no one can take it from us. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. In John 10, 28 through 30, He says, I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Listen to this. No one will snatch them out of my hand. Go back to my grandkids again. I'll hold something in my hand. They can try as hard as they can, you know, to get it out. And it's fun just playing, you know, because they try to take this, you know, and they, and they never get it open. Because I am so much stronger than they are. And I have a, such a firm grip that, that nothing they do can get it out of my hand. Folks, that's the way God is with our hearts, with our souls. There's nothing that we can do, nothing anybody else can do to pry open the hand of God. For our eternal salvation is secure in His hand. He says, I will give them eternal life and they shall never perish. 
No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and, my fa- I and the Father are one. This helpless little baby really was mighty God. The mighty God of the universe who takes away the sins of the world and offers us eternal life. And if the mighty God that the prophet Isaiah prophesied about is the mighty God that created the universe and and everything in it, and everything in it is His, folks, we can certainly trust Him to take care of us. And the needs that we have, the burdens that we carry, you can trust Him with your marriage, you can trust Him in your relationships, in your career. You can trust Him with your, with your health, with uncertainty, with the anxiety you have in life. You can trust Him with whatever crisis is looming in your life because He is a mighty God. He is a mighty God that carries the governments on His shoulders. You can trust Him with every aspect of life. You can trust Him because He is the mighty God. Amen? He was born for, for you and me. Think about it. The, 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 the prophets foretold his, his coming. The miracles supported His, his deity. The eyewitness verified his, his resurrection. And today, the Holy Spirit confirms that Jesus is alive to anybody seeking to know the truth. He will be called Mighty God. He's a mighty God of righteousness, a mighty God of ages. He's a mighty God of the heavens. He's the mighty God of all glory. He is the King of kings and Lord of lords. He is the mighty God. Let me ask you today, is Jesus the mighty God in your life? Are you trusting Him with everything in your life? The things that have gone sideways, are you trusting Him with it today? Are you trying to still hang on and and do it in your own power, in your own strength? Folks, it ain't going to work. It ain't going to turn out good, I'm telling you. But His plan, His purposes are are perfect. But are we trusting our life with Him? Whatever you're struggling with, you can trust it to God because He is the mighty God. Do you know this mighty God is your Lord and Savior? Folks, you can today. You can receive Jesus Christ, the the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the name above all names. When you confess your sins, repent of your ways, and, and receive Jesus as your Lord. Simply humble yourself. Admit that you're not as mighty as you might pretend to be. And just to cast your cares and burdens and anxieties upon Him. Tell Him about the storms in your life. He already knows what's there. He allowed them to come. But He wants you to acknowledge them to Him. He will be your peace in the midst of your storm. He will be your all in all because He is mighty God.
You know, because of the work of His first coming. Everything in the Old Testament was written about Him came true. Everything that's written in the New Testament has come true so far. And because of the work of His first coming and His life, death, and resurrection, we can anticipate the truth of His second coming. Next time He won't be a baby. Next time He'll be a mighty warrior bringing His wrath and judgment on a dark world. Are you ready for that? Are you ready to face the Lord Jesus Christ face to face with your life? Let's pray together. Almighty God, we come to you today acknowledging you as mighty God, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the everlasting Father, the Prince of peace, the wonderful Counselor. For, Lord, your works are indeed mighty. And, Lord, as we look at our life and the things going on in our life, and we try to think, handle things on our own, we have to acknowledge that our strength just doesn't measure up to yours. And so, Father, today, whatever that storm is in our life, God, we want to place it at the foot of the cross. Asking you to be the peace in that storm to us. Lord, that we would prepare our hearts for your second coming. That we would indeed be busy about the truth of the gospel. And sharing it with those around us. That people would really see the love of Christ being played out in our hearts and in our life. God, you are a wonderful, mighty God. God, today we thank you for taking away our sins. So that we can have a hope of eternal life with you. Father, I pray this morning that however you've spoken to each one of us, God, that we would respond to you and you alone, not because of anyone else. Or we would not stay silent because of anyone else. But Father, today we would respond to you, our mighty God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Are you hurting and broken within? Overwhelmed by the weight of your sin? Jesus is calling. Have you come to the end of yourself? Do you thirst for a drink from the well? Jesus is calling. No, come to the altar, the Father's.
bear your cross as you wait for